You are listening to the official podcast for ICGC Calvary Temple, Teen Chapel. Be blessed as you listen to life-changing messages by seasoned men and women of God. As we present ourselves as a living sacrifice, let's begin to open our mouth and tell God that it should cleanse our hearts. So many are the sins that we have committed over the night. <clears throat> And in the previous day, but today as we have become before the king of kings, I want us to open our mouth and tell him that he should search within our hearts and forgive us from any form of sin that we have committed. I do not know, but the Bible says that our righteousness is even like a filthy rag before him. So none of us can come and stand here and say that, oh, we haven't done any form of sin and that we are clean. We cannot say that even if we say that the book of 1 John says, verse 1, it says that if we say that then the, the word of God is not true. It is not true, but we cannot say that we are not sinners. This morning, I want you to tell God that, Father Lord, I come before you. I ask that you cleanse me and make me whole. Any sin that I have committed, sin of omission and commission, any form of sin, Lord, I have come before you this morning. I'm saying that you should cleanse me and make me whole and accept me just as I am. This morning, lift up your voice and tell the Lord to forgive you any form of sin that you have committed. Tell him that uh, the blood of his son Jesus uh, this morning, you want that blood to speak for you and cleanse you as you have come before him in the name of Jesus. Uh, like I said, I don't know about you, but we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this morning, as you have come before the King of Kings uh, and the Lord of Lords, let's tell him. Let's tell him that one that blood that speaketh better than the blood of Abel to speak for us this morning in the name of Jesus. That you want that same blood to cleanse you and make you whole. You want that same blood to cleanse you and make you whole. I don't know about you, but I know I am a sinner. I know I am a sinner, but I know the God I serve is faithful and just and is able to cleanse and make me whole once again. This morning, tell him, Father Lord, I I want you to cleanse me make me whole that i'll be accepted before you this morning as i have come before your throne of grace as i have come to worship you as i have come to praise your holy name as i have come to fellowship with you this morning lord i want to be in the right standing with you i want to be in the right standing with you this morning tell him to cleanse you tell him tell him to cleanse you tell him to cleanse you and make you whole that he will accept you just as you are for you are great you do miracles and there is no one else you and there is no one else like you for you are great Oh, so great, there is no one else like you. 
you glory. Sounding more like teenagers. Good morning. Okay. Shall we please feel those are the sides? Can we feel this uh, uh, center row? And those at the back, please move forward. At the choruses, please move this way. I want to see your faces. Okay. Let's do this quickly. Auntie Frida, what are those people seated there doing? Okay. These seats are still not filled. I want this center filled. I want everywhere filled before we move to the sides. Michael, can you please join us or join the facilitators, whichever. I want all the middle seats filled. 
there are six and two seats here, and there's about uh, eight or so seats on this side. I want all of them filled. And as much as possible, I want everybody seated, please. I will not change my instructions. I want all the center seats filled up. Those on this side, you're not listening to me. Eh? I said, I want all the center seats filled up. I want the middle filled up before we move to the sides. What are ashes doing? This is the job of ashes. I was telling Auntie Eden that today I made that I've been controlling myself not to comment on any negative thing anybody is doing, but you are pushing me too much. I, st- I hope that you will not be angry with me during the service. Is anybody angry with me already? There are still some two seats here. There's a reason I do some of these things. You may not understand, but there's a reason why I do some of these things. Is somebody sitting by you? Ashes. There's an empty seat here. Fill it up, please. Please, can you move and leave the extreme end? Yeah. Thank you. It looks like some of us are not in church today. That is the feeling that I get. Am I correct or am I wrong? We are not singing. We are not praying. We are not doing anything. And some of us are just looking around. And even as I'm talking, some of you are not even paying attention to me. I've always said that whatever I do, there's a reason why I do it. You may not understand. There's still one more seat there. Those, Please, don't let any seat be empty by you except at the stream side. So move. There's somebody there. Okay. This morning, we are going to spend a lot of time praying. I think I would exhort us for about uh, 10, maximum 15 minutes, and then we'll spend the, the rest of the time praying. We'll also be having communion at the end of the service, so I hope that you prepare yourselves um, to take the communion. And the focus is that as we take the communion today, we'll receive strength receive strength, we receive strength to build capacity in ourselves, just like Jesus Christ did, to fulfill the mission that he came on earth to do. We've been talking about camps, uh, and some of you are still in dreamland. How many of us have not registered? Please stand up, let me see. How many of us don't intend to go to camp for one reason or another? Please sit down. You don't intend to go to camp for one reason or another. Okay, please stand up again. Those who intend to register, please make sure you register after we close. See any facilitator. Those who intend to register, please sit down. 
I mean, those who intend to go to camp, sit down, okay? If you intend to go to camp. Um, Uncle David, can we get a mic, please? Oh, don't, you're not deceiving me, I mean, all right, everybody sit down. Uncle, Uncle David, it's okay. It's all right. I don't know what you enjoy about such things, but for me, my focus is different. And oh Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me. Okay, all right. So we shall be watching a a thirty movie, a thirty minutes video very shortly. Some of us have seen this video before. This is a, it's a cartoon video based on a true life story. What we see in the video, in fact, what we even see in the video is an abridged version. It's a story about a teenager who, when he was about to be killed, he had the kind of experience that Saul had on the Damascus road. And that changed his life entirely. Look at me. Don't look at anybody else. Look at me. I'm the one talking to you. The reason we are, why we are watching this movie this morning is because I want us to realize that young as we are, and by the way, this movie we are going to, well, the guy died at the age of 20. He died finally at the age of 20. So most of his life he was, he was a teenager. The reason we are watching this movie is to and I hope you don't, those of you who like cartoon, I hope you don't just enjoy the cartoon. <laughs> but put yourself into the movie. And those of us who don't like cartoon too, please forget about cartoon and put yourself into the story, remembering that this is a true story. Some of you are still looking around. Why are you looking at those who are walking around? I said, look at me. Is that what you would do if Jesus were standing here talking to you? No, I wouldn't do that. Okay. And I'm sure I've said some very important things that some of you have already missed. I said, Uncle David shouldn't bring the mic. And I was going to ask some of you what I have just been saying. Thank God I have your attention. So, I want you to put yourself into the true life story and walk through the story. The lessons that you want to learn is how a teenager can decide to surrender his life to God, can decide that Jesus must increase in him and he must reduce. Whatever God wants him to do, that's what he was willing to do. Even at the peril of his own life and health.
You've been talking to you about witnessing to people, talking to others about Jesus Christ. I wonder how many of us are doing it. We talk about the power of God. We talk about demons and how Jesus has given us power over demons. If you don't talk to your friends about Jesus, you cannot experience some of these things. And then the supernatural life, the life that God wants us to live, does not become real to you. And when you enter into difficulties or times that you need God to help you, you wouldn't know how to call upon him. You say you read the Bible. Some of us have stopped reading the Bible. I guarantee about more than half of us have stopped the Bible challenge. True or false? So how do, you, how do you know what is there? How do you know what is yours? What is your inheritance? Anyway, let's watch the movie and then after that we'll continue the service. at my feet just where you belong. You will learn to do my bidding, obeying my every command, the commands of the great chief. Kaboo! You dare wear my crown? <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> Hello, father. The crown is much too big for you, little prince. <laughs> but soon, I will be able to wear it, father. Is that so? And why not? Do I not come from a long line of brave crew warriors? Is my father not a great crew chief who wears the great crown and has won mighty battles and slain his enemies? My father is a powerful chief and I will follow in his steps. Indeed, I have won many battles and I have slain many enemies, Kaboom. But the crops are failing. There have been raids on other villages and talk of tribal war. Our people are frightened. There are some battles that are not won with terror and spears, my son. Then how are those battles won, father? Ah, that even I do not know. But you are the chief. You are powerful. Kaboo, can a chief take away the fear in people's hearts or stop the killing among the tribes? I have not yet met a chief with such power, Kaboom. But if I did, I would gladly give him my crown. Ah, I am weary of seeing so much fighting and killing. When I am chief, I will find a way, father. I will do all I can to help my people. You'll see. <laughs> Let us hope so, my son. But for now, you are much too young to worry about.
Chief. Look at the great Crookie now. On his knees before us. Just where he belongs. <laughs> Let me go! Why have you raided our village? You have broken our pact. The land heals little food. For your tribe, as well as ours. Every full moon, you will bring me a tribute. Crops and goods. We are not your slaves. Huh? Are you not? Leave him alone. Do well, and you will have your little prince back. But fail, and he will die. How can we give you what we do not have? My people will starve. But mine will not. Take him away. No, father. Kabu, wait. Father. Do not worry, my son. I will come for you. I know you will, father. Enough. Move. Let's go. My father is a great chief. He will rescue me, and you will be the one kneeling before him. <laughs> you are a brave little prince. It is good. You will need to be. Take him away! We have been here for months. Surely today's tribute has been rejected once again. Kaboo! Kaboo! Oh, Kaboo! Oh, ah. How many times can he bear this? As long as I need to, Afram. Ah, my father will not fail us. Ah, you will see. Come the next full moon. Uh, uh. You have failed me! Every month we have brought you tribute. We have given you everything. My people have nothing left. Including a prince. <gasps> prince Kabu! Uh, 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 father! Oh. Kabu! I knew you would come. My son! Quiet! What have you done to him? Yes, your great chief of the father has returned, but not for you. What? He has failed me, and therefore, you... No! Say your final goodbyes, for you will see your son no more. My son, I am not the great chief you thought I was. I have failed my people as their leader, and I have failed you as a father. My son... Father! No! My son... No! My son... Slaves, let him watch the death of his prince and be a witness to his people that we are true to our word. Prince Kabu, Afram, let us finish this. Let this be a warning to your people that no one, father, who fails us, please, will live. Help me. 
Run, Kaboom. Run. That voice. Who was it? Carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot. Coming forth to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot. Coming forth to carry me home. Prince Kaboo? I am so glad to see you. So glad. Mr. Davis is an ex-slave and runs this coffee plantation now. Put this on. He will let you stay as long as you need to. And as long as you work, of course. So you escaped when the enemies invaded? They ambushed us while we were hunting. They killed my father. Oh. But what about you? How did you escape? I... I really do not know. What? Uh, well, you are probably tired. You can tell me about it later. For now, let us thank our father that you were able to escape. What are you doing? I am going to pray. To God. And who is your God? He is, well, he is my father. Your father is a God? No, well, yes. Look, tomorrow we will go to a special house. You will understand then. For now, I will give thanks to God for you. Father, thank you for taking care of Prince Kabu and for bringing him here safely. We thank you for the blessings of your guidance and protection. Sweet coming for to carry me home. Sweet Lord, sweet Who is going home? Sit down. Ow! Shh! Miss Knowles? Why did you... Shh! But why... Shh! Just listen. I would like to share a story from the Bible with you. It is a wonderful story because it tells us something of how much God, our Heavenly Father who watches over us, loves us. It is the story of a man who was rescued by God. His name was Saul and he was on a mission to find Christians. He wanted to make them prisoners. But as he was on his way, something unusual happened. Suddenly, a bright light came upon him. A bright light from heaven. And Saul fell to the ground. Along with the light, Saul heard a voice. It was a voice from heaven that would change his life forever. Saul, Saul. Run, Kaboom! Run! Do you know whose voice it was? It was the voice of Jesus. Kaboom! The voice of the light was the voice of Jesus! Jesus. I beg your pardon? No, sit down! I know that voice! I know that voice! I know that voice! Quiet! Young man! This is a church! You must not... It was Jesus! Jesus freed me from my enemies! taken captive by our enemy they were going to kill me but then a light appeared <laughs> Afram a light came the ropes that were holding Prince Kabu were loosened a 
and there was a voice. Run, Kabu, run! I watched him run. Our captors were afraid and ran away, as did I. It was the voice of Jesus, Avram. I know it in my heart. It was the voice of Jesus. Jesus rescued me. He rescued me. Still studying, Kabu? Samuel, remember, I have a new name now to go with my new life. Ah, yes, Samuel Morris. Named after the man who helped me come to Africa as a missionary. I thank God for him every day. If it were not for missionaries, I would not know of my Heavenly Father. I am very blessed. What is it, Samuel? Is it possible to feel happiness and sadness in your heart at the same time? I have learned that my Heavenly Father can do what my earthly father could not. If my people, even our enemies, could know about Christ, it would stop the killing. It would change the way of the jungle. And we pray for that every day. But the tribes, they need to know about God now, Miss Knowles. I understand, Sammy, but there are very few missionaries here. We are doing all we can. But I am not. Teach me more about God, Miss Knowles. If you do, maybe I can be a missionary to my people. Oh, Sammy. Sammy, I've answered all your questions and taught you all I know. Well then, who was your teacher? Stephen Merritt. Then maybe I can ask him to teach me. Where is he? <sighs> He's in New York, a big city in America. But like I said, Sammy? Sammy, where are you going? To New York. New York? But you don't understand. It's on the other side of the ocean, very far away. I don't see how... My people need Christ, Miss Knowles. How can I be a missionary to my people unless I learn more about God? I am not sure where New York is, but I will get there, Miss Knowles, and I will find Stephen Merritt, whatever it takes. Whatever. Longer, Captain. He'll be tossed to the deep for sure. Good! Then we'll be rid of him! It was a mistake to bring him on board in the first place. Never even been on a ship! He's always going on about his father this! His father that! Let his father help him now! If he can! Help <laughs> me! storm was nearly the end of us. It'll be a while before we can sail again. See, you're back on your feet again. Yes, sir. My father has helped me. Your father? I'm sick of hearing it. Get him to the pumps. <laughs> That's Gordy Raj. He'll be dead if he tries to keep up. He's got no experience. Then show him how it's done. We need all hands at work. We've been at it for hours. Are you questioning me? Hm. Uh -oh. 
get gone. What's he mean? His father. Ah! Onshore comes after me. My father says, you take me to New York. So I ask him, who's your father? Ah, that, he says. Father's in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> you mean God? Figured I'd at least get some free work from him. <laughs> or he from you. Huh? Well, turns out the boy's got no seafaring experience. So, as far as I can tell, maybe he got a free ride. And well, maybe his father did answer his prayers after all. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, oh. So am I. Rum for all, gents! Yeah! It'll keep you warm as you work. Stay below, boy. Fake some injury. Your muscles be aching soon. The sooner we finish, the sooner we will be on our way. And what's the hurry? Money? God. <laughs> God? I'm going to America to learn more about God. To learn how to be a missionary. That way I can help my people. Now let's work. Steady there. Ah, uh, let him be. He'll be food for the sharks before his shift is over. You be mindful of him. The Malaysian, he's an angry one. Causes all kinds of trouble. I am used to threats. Uh, he won't threaten you. He'll just kill you. Just like he's killed many a man. What's the report? We should be ready by morning, Captain. The pumps? Nearly done, sir. The men have been hard at work, and we've done three shifts. Except for him. He hasn't had a break. This entire time? Didn't want one. Says he promised to work his way to America. And work he will. That's the eighth one now, Captain. Sickness is starting to spread. Starts with the fever, then tempers flare. And give him more rum. Maybe it'll help calm him down. What are you doing here? I've been assigned here, sir, to clean your room. Then start on the floor. Keep that infernal humming to yourself. I'm sorry, sir. Sometimes I cannot help it. Singing to my heavenly father. <sighs> and I think, sir, that God would do the men more good than the rum. Ha! Boy, you know. It helps me. It helps me more than you know. It gives me peace. Kimball! What was that? What's going on? Stop! Huh? Right where you are. It's a fever, Captain. Made him crazy. Made him... Ah! Shut up. I'm sick of you. And you, you're a lousy Captain, if I ever saw one. Stop! What? What are you doing, boy? Put the gun down. Get out of my way. No. No killing. You're protecting him? To treat you like a rat? Boy, 
God does not want us to kill each other. Out of my way! God does not want us to kill each other. You don't need to do this. Lock him up for a while. Back to your post. And you. I want a word with you. I'm sorry, sir. I only meant to... How did you do that? No, uh, why did you do that? I didn't do anything, sir. God did. This is not a church, boy. You hear me? This is a God-forsaken ship with men the likes of which God would want nothing to do with. Nothing! Captain, when I was forsaken and at the point of death, God came near and rescued me. It is when we are at the lowest that we need a savior the most. Captain, God is on this ship. Then tell me where, lad. Tell me where he is. Tell me where he is. There is no one you know in this big city, Savvy. It's like nothing you've ever seen before. I fear for you that you may end up in some sort of danger. Captain, I have been a slave in my own country. I was nearly killed by the enemies of my tribe. Survived through the jungles for weeks, and then... Survived my ship as well. <laughs> I suppose so. And you know who has kept me each time? That I do. Your father. Yes, my heavenly father. And now, mine as well. I should have no doubt. God will lead you as he has done so far. I will miss you, my brother Samuel. I've much to thank you for. And I you, Captain. I will learn all I can about God here, and then I will return to my people and bring them to God. Father, you have brought me to New York. Please, help me find Steve Merritt. God bless you, sir. May God bless you. Ah, a believer. Ah, thank you for taking pity on me. Hey, what do you want? I want to see Steve Merritt. Ah, get out of here, you crazy old... Uh, Steve Merritt, you say? Why, you're in luck, my boy. It just so happens that of all these fine people here in this fine city, you picked the right fella. Why, Steve Merritt runs a mission about, uh, oh, three miles from here. And I doubt anyone would know him in these fine parts. Now, how's about I take you there for a little... Huh? A little moolah. A little dough. From the looks of it, you ain't from around these parts, are you? A buck! A dollar! Ah, money! My father will take care of it. Your father? He's with merit? <laughs> well, that's nice. A, a family reunion. How touching. 
sure the university can survive much longer. Mr. Stephen Merritt is here to see you, sir. Ah, yes, Stephen. I got your letter, and... Uh... Wonderful. Well, the boy is most extraordinary, sir. Uh, well, yes, but... Uh... Why, the very day he arrived from Africa, I returned to our mission hall and found him kneeling with 20 of our visitors in prayer, leading them to the Lord. Oh, that's wonderful, Stephen. He has such a strong desire to learn more and go back to help his people. This university is closing down. What? I've been trying to explain it to you. We, we're in financial trouble, Stephen. We, we may have to close down in just a few months. Our students are heartbroken and, as well, uh, discouraged. I wish we could help, but we just cannot possibly allow... Uh, Samuel Morris. He's right outside. Samuel to stay here. Especially since he cannot afford room and board. It's, uh, it's just impossible. I'll at least say hello to him and, well, I'll, I'll try to explain. But... I'm sorry. All right. A few weeks. Even one week. He's come all of this way. If I could pay for his expenses, I would. But I have a mission to run. <sighs> all right. Maybe he can stay here till we close down. We can't offer much, but uh, perhaps we can be a blessing to him. Or maybe he will be a blessing to you. So, you see, my father answered my prayers, and I am certain he will hear our prayers for the school, too. Father, you teach us to give you all our Maybe he'll be a blessing to you. Hard for you. Dear Miss Knowles, since I cannot write well yet, my friend Eddie is writing for me. My father has been so good to me. When I came to Taylor University, I began to tell everyone what my Heavenly Father did to rescue me and teach me. At first, I told my classmates, and then the local church. Soon, more people want to hear about our Heavenly Father. I was very busy studying and telling my story. So much so, that after a while, the dean wrote it down as a book. A miracle happened. Many people bought the book. So many that I have good news to tell you. The university is not going to close down. We are all so happy. Every day I thank my father, but also every day I long to return to my country, to my people, to tell them about God and to help them have peace among themselves. Oh, and I must tell you, I have seen a wonderful new thing. It is called snow. It is cold, like nothing I have ever seen or felt. Sammy! Sammy, wait! Where are you going? A meeting at the church. I am supposed to tell my story. I'm late. But it's freezing out here. You're cold. Don't worry. I will be fine. It's, it's not good. The doctor says he's just too weak. We tried to get him to rest more, but his studies, uh, sharing his story, and simply trying to lead others to God, it was just too much for him. Don't cry, Sammy. <coughs> I cannot help it. I am so happy. <coughs> what? 
My heavenly father is calling me home. But Sammy, what about your people in Africa? Your mission? It's over. God will choose his workers. Others who will do a much better job. I have trusted my father all this time. And I trust him now. I trust him now. This is the ship going to Africa? It is. Then we would be your passengers, sir. Students? Missionaries, sir. We're going to Africa as missionaries. Then come on, lads. Missionaries are always welcome aboard this ship. Always welcome. Bring your things. Tell me, Captain, is it a difficult journey? It can be, but my father will help us. Your father, sir? Our Heavenly Father, lad. I tell you, he takes care of everything. Why, a few short years ago, we took on an African boy, you see. And on the journey here to America, you wouldn't believe it. We had storms. We had sickness. We had danger. Taylor University President Reed once said, Samuel Morris was a divinely sent messenger of God to Taylor University and to Africa. He thought he was coming over here to prepare himself for his mission to his people, but his coming was to prepare Taylor University for her mission to the whole world. All who met Samuel Morris were impressed with his sublime yet simple faith in God. the story means to you. I hope that you didn't watch it just like a movie because it's more than a movie. It's a true life story. And God wants to change our lives. He has a reason why you are alive. He has a reason why I am alive. Jesus went to the cross of Calvary and he paid the ultimate price of his life. And he has given us a task to go into the world and tell everybody that he is the Savior. I'm giving you a cue. He paid the ultimate price. Are you willing to heed to the call? This morning we are here to build capacity to do that which he wants us to do. It's not about BEC, it's not about WASI, it's not about the university, it's not about our making money, it's not about a husband or a wife, it's not about children. We have a mission on this earth to accomplish. 
And that is why we are alive. We cannot, we should not fail God. Somebody's life is dependent upon you. Without your intervention, somebody will end up in hell. That is what 40 days of power is all about. He paid the ultimate price. Will you pay your price? You pay the price, the highest price. I'm so grateful for your love. You took my place, and now I stand to be called your. You pay the 
for the work ahead. May we be willing to work with you in this kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The heart of God is very different from the heart of man. The things that we human beings think about is not the things that God thinks about. And it all started in the Garden of Eden after God had given mankind an utopia. No need to work. Just enjoy. And just have fellowship with me. And just live with me. Just follow the instructions that I give you. Man chose to disobey God and follow the instructions of a stranger that they didn't know. And that was the beginning of our woes. And this has been the story of mankind right from the beginning until now in Teen Chapel we are following the same steps. The whole world is following in the same steps. And this morning I want to bring our mind to the mind and the heart 
of God. When you are young, there are some things that you don't think about. But when you become as old as Pastor Kujo, you become as old as me, you become as old as Uncle George, you begin to think about other things that you didn't used to think about before. And one of the things that you think about is that eternity now becomes real, more real to you. Because the truth of the matter is that the life that you have lived is more, most likely more than the life that you have ahead of you. But there's no guarantee as to how long we are going to live on this earth. Samuel Morris died at the age of 20. He made an impact. We have seen people in Tinchapo die under the age of 20. There was even somebody in Tinchapo who died around the age of 15 or so. So death happens to anybody at any time. You cannot tell when you are going. I cannot tell. No one can tell except the Father. And the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die after that is judgment. We are going to be judged as to whether we receive Jesus Christ, whether we, we, we believe in him, we ask him to wash us with the blood of Jesus Christ or not. If we did, at least we will enter into heaven and stay with the Father forever. And this morning I pray if there's anybody in this place you've never at any time asked Jesus to take over your life. You have been ruling your life, doing things your own way. You've never called upon Jesus to save you. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. If you've never done that, I plead with you at this moment. Call upon the name of Jesus. Ask him to forgive you. Admit that you are a sinner. And ask Jesus Christ to forgive you, to cleanse you, and give you a fresh start. And he will do just that. You may not understand everything, but he will cleanse you. He will make you a different person. Because man's heart has been rebellious to the heartbeat of God, God has always sought to bring back man's mind to his mind. This morning I want us to understand revival and I pray that God will take us through a season of revival. It was glorious in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve and with God. Everything was awesome. Then things went bad when they decided to obey the devil. They saw the curse of God at work. Things became tough. It became hard. They never expected anything like that. But God's heartbeat has always to bring back man to himself. So right in the Garden of Eden, God made a promise. That your feet will bruise the head of the serpent. And out of you a Messiah will come who will save the world. And throughout the Old Testament, we see God trying to rally human beings back to himself. God called out Israel to establish Israel as a model to showcase the world what his mind and what his plans for mankind were. But Israel continuously was stubborn, continuously was rebellious. And so God punished them. He, he, he took them into exile. They went through all kinds of things, but God's heartbeat was still for man to come back to him. 
At the appointed time, Jesus Christ appeared on the scene. He says he came as a savior of the world. He came that he might save mankind and reconcile us back to God. And this is exactly what he did. He showed us how to live. We read these stories in the New Testament. He showed us how God wants us to live. He showed us how the totality of life is like to be in union with the Father and to listen to his voice and to follow him. And this morning I ask you, do you know the voice of God? Samuel Morris knew the voice of his father. Do you know the voice of your father? In the early days of the apostle, it was a demonstration of power wherever they went. They demonstrated the power of God. They spoke about Jesus. They were fearless. They did not care about their lives. Some of us are too mindful of our lives. The Bible says, unless a seed dies, it abides alone. Jesus Christ died. He left us an example that we might lay down our lives for others just like how he laid down his life for us. What are you living for? Do you talk to your friends about Jesus? Are you serious with Jesus? But we see that as difficulties and challenges and persecution came to the church, the church started going backwards Move into apostasy. And people brought things of the world into the church. And they began to teach doctrines that were not doctrines of Jesus. But they taught doctrines of the world. They taught doctrines of demons. And people believed them. Just like we are experiencing today in our church. Read your Bible. You will not read your Bible. But you watch the internet. And you watch all kinds of stuff. And you believe those things about the Bible. So the church at the time became dead. Very dead. Without the voice of God. It was the voice of some church leaders. The, the church became like, like, like a nation with its own rules and everything was not like what God's heartbeat was. But God always remembers man. And from time to time, God will send about a revival to bring their people's mind back to him. And that is the reason why we went through all kinds of different stages in our church history. Resulting to the reformation. And then finally, in our modern world, we have all kinds of denominations. And we have all kinds of churches. We have all kinds of doctrines. We have all kinds of teachings. But God's heart beat is that man must return to him. God wants to lead us just like he led the Israelites in the Old Testament. He wants every one of us. He wants the church to come under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Before Jesus Christ left his earth, he said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will remind you of all the things that I have taught you. That is the real Christian life. Paul says, no, those who are the children of God, 
they hear his voice and they follow him. A stranger's voice, they will not follow. One of the controversial things in our modern day Christianity is the understanding of the baptism with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Even though in recent times there's been a lot of teaching and there's a lot of revival about this and the churches have even grown up based on this doctrine, there's still a lot of confusion and misunderstanding. And one of the reasons why there's so much confusion and misunderstanding is that Jesus Christ was not explicit in his teachings about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. He wasn't explicit in teaching or saying anything about speaking in tongues. If Jesus had taught, it would have been very easy. Why he didn't teach, we don't know. Most of the teachings and the explanations we have about the baptism with the Holy Spirit and about speaking in tongues, we learn from the Apostle Paul. But from my observation of the scripture, it's quite clear that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is closely linked to the mission and the task that God has given to the church. One of the last discussions that Jesus had with his disciples can be found in Acts chapter 1. And from verse 6 it says, Therefore when they had come together, they asked the Lord, Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom back to Israel? And Jesus said, Look, it's not for you to know such times and seasons. These things are in the hands of the Father. He has set them in his place by his own authority. But you, as for you, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses starting from Jerusalem to the all uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus had told them many times before that they must go and, and do what he was doing. He sent them on practical lessons, gave them the power. They went and they came back rejoicing. And Jesus told them not to rejoice, but they rather they should rejoice that their names are written in the book of life. And Jesus kept talking to them about the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. How when he comes, he will teach them all things and guide them into all truth. But the lessons were not sinking in. And just before he died, before he went to uh, Gethsemane, if you read from John chapter 13 all the way to John chapter 16, Jesus was teaching about the Holy Spirit, telling them about the things that were to happen, the things that were to come. And they found it difficult to follow. So, most of the lessons that we learn about these things are actually found after Jesus had died and gone. This morning, I want to speak to us very, very briefly about building capacity by speaking in tongues. And we're going to spend the rest of the time in prayer. There are several benefits of speaking in tongues. There are several things that uh, speaking in tongues does for us. I hope you listen to the message that I asked you to listen to. If you didn't, well, try and listen to it sometime. But one of the first things we find about speaking in tongues is that speaking in tongues helps us in worship. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 11, 
on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down, the Bible says that the people around who had come from all over the world, many of them heard these disciples speaking different languages, speaking their own languages, and speaking the wonderful works of God. And they were like, what does this mean? Some people didn't understand. Others said we're drunk. But what I want us to remember is that, and all of us go through this. You know that God is a big God. Um, sometimes you think about God uh, and it gets to a point, you don't even know how to describe the thing that you are, is going on in your mind and is going on in your heart about the way you are seeing God or the way you are perceiving him. One of the ways that God has chosen to help us out, to bail us out, is to worship him in tongues. It doesn't mean that immediately you start worshiping God, you just start speaking it. That, that's, okay. That's not the way to do it. Okay. But it's better to use your own language to express how you feel and, and to, and not necessarily to express it in song. Praise and worship team, you'll be meeting again briefly for maybe our five minutes. I wish you could meet after church, but uh, there are so many other meetings. You have to learn as individuals, learn to worship God, not necessarily with songs. When you lead us in praise and worship, lead us to praise God and to worship Him. Don't lead us to sing. And in your home, when you want to praise God, don't just sing. The singing is to help you to praise Him or to help you to worship Him. So if the singing doesn't help you to worship Him or to praise Him, you haven't done anything. You are just having entertainment. You are just entertaining yourself and enjoying the song. Someone listen to me. I'm digressing a little, but I think it's good. I was very teary when uh, Olivia and Co were singing, uh, uh, ministering to us this morning. And I saw many of you also were, were, were virtually in tears. That is what the song is supposed to do to you and to help you move into his presence and to express what is going on in your heart. It is not for you to just come and stand there and sing and sing and sing or to hide in your room and sing and sing and sing or to just open the sound system and listen to the music and think you have worshipped God. You haven't done anything. That's not the way to worship God. Okay. Number two. Speaking in tongues help us to give thanks to God appropriately. Okay. Or it enhances our giving thanks to God as can be seen from 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 16 to 17, Paul was explaining what speaking in tongues is because when you speak in tongues, you, nobody understands you. And uh, when you speak in tongues, one of the things that we do is that we give thanks to God. And Paul was saying that if I speak in tongues in, in, in the church and people hear me uh, and they don't understand, they can, how can they say amen? I may be giving thanks well, but people cannot say amen because they don't understand what I am saying. So, one of the benefits or one of the ways to use tongues is to express thanksgiving to God. That is just one aspect of it. The third way in which speaking in tongues is used is to edify ourselves. That can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2 to 4. And I'll be talking a little more about this uh, later on. The fourth point, Romans 8, verse 26. We are told that when we, when we pray in the spirit, 
We don't know how to pray, but when we pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And I'll be spending some time to talk about this later on, then they move into prayer. And then, fitly, speaking in tongues helps us in evangelism. Um, has several testimony, but that is not my focus for today, so I'll not go into that area. But we, we see on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, that when the baby began to speak in tongues and they were praising God, saying the wonderful things of God, people were amazed. They came around. Some thought they were drunk. Some thought they were crazy. Some just didn't understand what was going on. And they asked questions. And that opened up an avenue for Peter to explain to them the scriptures about sin and about uh, Jesus Christ. Number six, speaking in tongues helps us in spiritual warfare. The truth is that, look, we, we cannot fully understand spiritual warfare. We fight against all kinds of spirits that we don't see. And for us, even at this age, you know, we have been commissioned to deal with these things. And whether you deal with them or not, then they are dealing with you. And the best way of defense is to attack. Okay? And sometimes you ask yourself, what am I going to attack? What am I going to do? Speaking in tongues helps us when our heart and our mind is focusing on dealing with spiritual warfare and we don't know what to do, we can be helped that way. Number seven, speaking in tongues helps us in our intercession when we pray for other people. And there are many more areas that we can look at as to the benefits and the advantages of speaking in tongues. But this morning, for the next five minutes, I'll focus on what I want us to focus on and then we'll enter into prayer. I've already talked briefly about how speaking in tongues helps us in our worship, how music helps us in our worship, and that the music is not the worship, the speaking in tongues is not the worship, but it's an avenue to get into God's presence. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2 to 4, that when we prophesy, we speak to the edification of the church. Like what I'm doing now is part of prophecy. There are other dimensions of prophecy also where you enter into the realm of telling things to individuals and to the church that they may not know about. One dimension of a prophecy also is um, edification, just building the church up, exalting, expounding on the word of God. All of this helps the church and builds us up. It makes us grow. It makes us understand certain things about God. And the scripture says that, but when I pray, in tongues, my mind is unfruitful, but I edify myself. I build myself. So just like how a prophetic word of the unknown or an expounding of the scripture helps you to build up your Christian life. In the same way, when you pray in tongues, even though you don't understand what you are saying, you are building yourself. You are speaking mysteries 
in the spirit unto God. You don't understand the mysteries that you are speaking, but you are building up yourself. And the word that is used to describe building is like how we build a, a, a skyscraper. You know, you build a solid foundation and you lay one block after another and you build a huge edifice. You keep adding on. That is how we edify ourselves when we pray in tongues. The church has fought this because they don't understand. Charismatics use it, but they don't fully understand or some of us just refuse to understand according to the scripture. So you find charismatic people, Pentecostals, sometimes even criticizing um, some aspects of speaking in tongues. Some of them, they criticize the entirety of it. But scripture tells us that when we pray in tongues, we build up ourselves. We edify ourselves. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Can you have that up please? Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Sorry. Romans 8, 26. Lavasuki Yandosa. Scripture says, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Everybody say after me. The Spirit helps me in my weaknesses. Again, the Spirit helps me in my weaknesses. We all have weaknesses, every one of us. For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. We think that we should pray for BC. We think that we should pray that uh, camp will be awesome. We think that we should pray for... We, we have all kinds of agendas on our mind. The Bible says that we don't know what we should pray for, but the Holy Spirit, He Himself, He makes intercession for us. Do you see that in your Bible? The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. In other words, the Holy Spirit prays for us. And that's why some, some of us get it wrong. The Bible is not saying that the Holy Spirit, we just sit down and fold our arms, the Holy Spirit will pray for us. He makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. If I to understand that word intercession in Romans chapter 8 verse 26, when you go to the original language that is used, the, 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 the implication is that the Holy Spirit together with our spirits takes hold together against. That's what it means by the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. The Holy Spirit does not just pray for us, but the Holy Spirit cooperates with us and together we take hold and fight against our weaknesses. And this morning, we are going to learn how to deal with our weakness. And these are prayers that we must be praying in the closet, not in church. But we will learn in church and then we will take it into our closets. And if you are lazy about it, some of you will still continue to battle with issues that we have with your weaknesses. Which becomes sin. You struggle with all kinds of addictions. You struggle with uh, pornography. You struggle with those boys and those girls. You struggle with not 
cheating in class. You struggle with not being stubborn. You struggle with disobeying your parents. The Bible gives us an option. The word uses, let me not go into the Greek. We take the Holy Spirit and us together as a united force. We take hold together against our weaknesses. I'm not saying, please don't get me wrong, don't quote me anywhere wrongly. I'm not saying that when we pray in tongues, that's all we do. Fighting against our weaknesses. No. That's why I took time to give us some of the other um, ways in which we can use the, uh, the prayer gift of praying in tongues. But one of the ways that we, we, we build capacity is we, we, we develop ourselves, we build up ourselves, we work together with the Holy Spirit to fight against our weaknesses. In the next two weeks, you are going to be having a retreat on breaking limitations and dealing with addictions. I don't know what weaknesses you have. My weaknesses are different from your weaknesses. Some of you sleep too much. Some of you eat too much. And that's the reason why some of you find it difficult to fast. Uh, yesterday, I was, I was briefly at the intercessors meeting. Uh, okay, there were very few people there, so please don't tell the rest. Don't tell, you are, don't tell them you are the one I was talking about. But we were talking about the fasting. It's, oh, Charlie, it's not easy. Intercessors are struggling with fasting. Then why, why won't all of us struggle? Everybody struggles with fasting. And she said that she has been struggling now. Now she was able to do up to 3 o'clock. But Charlie, yesterday, Charlie, by 10 o'clock, she was hungry. At the end, I'll call you. It is painful. You will be hungry. But you must learn to subdue the flesh. Look at Samuel Morris. He didn't even care about the snow. He didn't fully understand it. It's not that he didn't, he didn't know about snow. He didn't know that he had, he had to wear a jacket. He had a jacket. But his focus was not on a jacket. His focus was that he had to tell his story. Some of us, we focus on our weaknesses. And we just enjoy the weaknesses. Shall I rise up on our feet? I want to spend some time praying before we take the communion this morning. And I want you to focus on your weakness. Think about the things that you struggle with. Originally, I planned to call out some people and pray for them. But today, I'm not going to call out anybody. Everybody is going to pray for himself. Think about your life. Think about your weaknesses. Think about how God has been speaking to you, what you have been continually rebellious on. If you are in our midst and you have never ever asked Jesus Christ to save you and you want him to, I want you to walk forward very quickly as will help you to become a child of God. Is there anybody like that? Olivia, please come up here. Is there anybody here who has never given his life to Jesus and want to give your life to Jesus? If you are here and you haven't received the baptism with the Holy Spirit and you wish to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, I want you to walk away very quickly. Which one are you coming for? One or two? The first call or the second one?
please be very mindful of this. Last week, I had to stop something from coming forward. When God speaks to you and you are convinced, just run forward. Don't waste time. Which one are you coming for? One or two? I want some facilitators to come and take these two out and talk to them about receiving Jesus Christ. They have the assurance. Before you, if you before you spoke, then you what happened? Please, Bishop, come and carry him. Go, she speaks in tongues. You stop speaking. Please go and, uh, and explain to her again and lead her to you see. Okay, that's why we are here. This tongue thing I've been talking about and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and all these things, it comes after you are born again. So it's for people who are born again. If you are not born again, it's not for you. Okay? It's, it's a promise that God gave to us, a promise that he made for us. So once you are a Christian, you have this promise from Jesus Christ to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. You don't need to understand it. So that's all it is. So if you are here and you want that, you are a Christian, you know you are born again, and you want that gift that God had given to you, please come forward to understand what you just did are you sure okay the two of you go to the banks some facilitators will pray with you okay and when you start speaking in tongues or, or when something's happened to you join us okay your convictions, whatever you have learned in church today, and what do you think you need to pray about? Just open your mouth and pray, and let the prayer come from the heart. Ah, I thought I asked you to go to the... Pardon?
Don't look at me, pray. I wanted to lead us somewhere, but God says I should tell you to pray. So you pray. Just pray. According to your confessions this morning, from the beginning of the service, if you refuse to pray, if you refuse to praise God, and God is leading you to praise Him and to pray, do that now. from your heart. And I pray that you hear the voice of God and heed to that voice and determine to obey. For some of us, it's some habitual sins that we, 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 we do it today, tomorrow we confess, and then we come back, we do it again, and we come back and we keep just keep going back and back and back and because of that we cannot be sure whether we are born again or not some of us even manifest as spiritual gifts, some of us work in departments but because of our lifestyle we are not sure about our lives talk to God about it I don't want to see anybody looking at me or looking at anybody else. And if you don't feel like praying to, please feel free to sit down. been since you talk to Jesus how long since you see his face how long has it been since you talk to Jesus how long since you see how long has it been since you talked to Jesus? How long since you seen His friend? His longing to heal and His longing to feed you at rest. How long 
has it been since you talked to Jesus? How long since you seen his face? His long to heal and his long to fill you at rest. Jesus wants to hear you. And he wants us to learn how to build capacity. Open your mouth and if you speak in tongues, begin to speak in tongues. We are working with the Holy Spirit to deal with our weaknesses. Every weakness in your life. Every addition, every negative thing that has been holding us back. The sins that has held us back. That we don't deserve to be with Jesus. Open your mouth and speak in tongues. Deal with those weaknesses. Deal with those sins. The blood of Jesus is in this place. And that's why we are taking the communion this morning. There's power in the blood to break every hold on your life. Every sickness, every sin, every weakness, every backwardness, every limitation on our lives, anything that holds us back, that keeps us away from the Holy Spirit, Jesus is yearning for you, is yearning for you to come and to work with him. for strength to be able to continue the fast. Ask for strength to start the fast. Ask for strength to stay in his presence and just to be around Jesus. To work with the Holy Spirit and to enjoy God. Understand his heartbeat and to work with him in this world. Yeah. 
Don't just take the communion as a routine. If your heart is not right, please keep it. Don't take it. Examine yourself. Are you still being rebellious? Those things that we ask you to deal with, those weaknesses that we ask you to deal with, did you or were just looking at me and looking at others? body of Jesus was broken that you might have life and it says as often as we do this you must do it in remembrance of him if you receive the elements open up the top part and take the wafer after supper he took the cup and said this is the cup of the new testament in my blood Jesus paid the ultimate price for you and I he shed his blood that you might have life, he shed his blood that will be reconciled to God he shed his blood that you might be healed he shed his blood that you might receive strength to go tell other people that he is the saviour Let's drink together a remembrance of him and be willing to follow the commission. Oh, another, another, another touch.
Oh, another, another touch of your hand. Oh, another, oh, another, 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 another. A touch from your hand, of your hand. Touch of the Lord. Receive it now. Take that touch now. Take that touch now. And those who want to look around, keep looking around. Another touch on the Holy Spirit, Lord. Another touch on your hand, Lord. Another touch on your hand, Lord. Grace for prayer. Grace for sustenance. Grace for power. Grace for capacity.
Please, the following people should see Auntie Chifa after service. Helen Akofo, Ruben Sowatevi, Jasmine Tefio, Rebecca Na, Esther Abrefa, Irene Blaze, D. Adams, Francisca, and then Mark Paul Noble, Apia Edu. Please see Auntie Chifa after service. And then intercessors are meeting briefly after service where we usually meet. Please let's rise up on our feet and let's share the grace. Thank you for listening. God bless you.